Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. friends, I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down for your listening pleasures. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to, I, I would say, to see you, but we can't see you. It's we great to have you. you here with us. It's great to see Arnold, though. Speaking of Arnold, yeah, the era of Arnold, and here we are. Kevin, when when we last left everyone, Matrix had just been subdued by uh, some goons, by <laughs> Cook and Bennett. Led by Cook and Bennett. An ex-team member. He chased them because they kidnapped his daughter. Um, Bennett shot him with a tranquilizer and knocked him out. Yep. Yep. So far. Yeah. It was a busy, busy, uh, first episode. There's a lot going on in the life of John Matrix. That's right. Everything moves very fast. He just wants to get Jenny Matrix back. That's his main motivation, right? All he cares about is Jenny. <laughs> um, yeah. So he, what, he slowly comes to That's on right. a table. Tied up to a table. And shackled he, down. And, as, and we start to see this, this cool upward shot of just like faces popping into vision above him, looking down at him. Yeah. So we see, uh, we see Sully uh, played by David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. Who I will refrain from calling Jerry Horn. Don't do it. Um, Enriquez, this big burly dude, Bennett, who we've seen before and Arius, who's played by Dan Hedaya. With what a dark tan or maybe a little bit of just, brown face. I think that's his skin. You think that's him? Yeah. All, he, he's always been sort of olive complexion. All natural. Yeah. All right. I hope so. He looked good in this movie though. Hidea? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Like in I mean in the eighties and stuff, he started to make more like comedic roles. I loved him in Cheers. Cheer <laughs> he was awesome in Cheers. Of course. I've forgotten that he was in Cheers. Maybe like in Joe Joe versus the volcano. Yeah. He's a. I'm not arguing that with you, Harry. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a pretty funny dude. Yeah, but this is a so this is a little out of character for him, right? He's playing this sort of smug, suave, his vaguely Hispanic former dictator, Arius. Uh -huh. So Bennett leans in and announces. <laughs> That he wanted to kill Matrix instead of using just tranquilizers. He, oh, he's like, because I guess Matrix didn't realize when he got shot. Tranquilizers. I wanted to use the real thing. And freaks out, man. <laughs> he is so ferocious. Oh, he's, does. He, just, he goes from zero to a thousand in a split second. He's, But he's such a memorable villain. Yeah. I feel like that's what you want. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I don't know. I think he, I mean, he's over the top for sure. What do you think about his get up, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, shit. It's original, we right? A, we have to paint a picture for you here. Yeah. Um, so he's got sort of short cropped hair. Yeah, it's it's like it like it had once been buzz cut, but it's grown out it's a grown little out bit a little weirdly, bit, yeah. like awkwardly. He's got a, like a handlebar mustache. Um, he's got a sort of a big chain 
around his neck. But it's not even a full handlebar. It just, it like comes just, just just below the, 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 like the corners of his mouth. uh, Not all the way down to, not down to his chin, but past the edge of his mouth. Freddie Mercury, but a little more truck driver. Well, and, and the Vernon Wells thought of this character as Freddie Mercury on steroids. Oh shit. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The director, Lester, said he sort of pictured Bennett's look as like a punk rock guy. Right. That's not how this came off. He came off. He said it wasn't until after the fact that people were like, he comes, he reads more like leather daddy. Yeah. He looks like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what he looks like. We can't figure out. It's, we think it's supposed to be like a chain mail apron almost that he's wearing. It's like a vest. It is, but it's not metallic. It's looking. not made of metal, but we think it's supposed to be metal. It look it has the look of chainmail. Right. Like it's loops of what appears to be like gray fabric, like woven. Right. That he's got, but it is a vest. Truly, it's pulled on over the top of a, like a black sort of sweater. If thing. it's a sweater, it'd be like the least effective sweater ever made, in that it has no sleeves and you can see through it. Completely. It keeps his torso like really warm though. Yeah, we guess. Anyway, it doesn't make sense, but he looks great, and we um, love him. So, <laughs> but I think I mean it was kind of ill-fitting, also, or it wasn't. It wasn't flattering on no, him. No. But the story goes that they had cast another guy for that part of Bennett and shot for a day or two with him, and he was wasn't working out and they let him go and brought Bennett, you know, brought Vernon Wells in from wherever, from Australia. Right. Like no notice. Fly him didn't in. refit him for costumes, just like threw him in the other guy's costume. So they fit a little snug around the midsection. That shit happens. Show up and they're just <laughs> like, you have to make do with what we've got. But so. Vernon Wells, he says like, he, when he was describing his approach, he said that the more intense the bad guy is, the more heroic the good guy will appear. And this was that type of movie where you had like, it totally makes sense. I mean, a buff ass, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger as John Matrix. You need someone who is. And also with not a lot of larger than life. Not a lot of range as an actor. And so if Mm -hmm. Bennett is even more over the top. Like animated. Yeah. Yeah. That, Absolutely. That's a nice foil, yeah. Um, so, so apparently Arnold like really didn't like him at first. Interesting. He said like, well, they went right into shooting these things where he's like got a knife to his throat and stuff. I think he actually like cut Arnold a little bit. Arnold got, like he, he came out of this worse for wear. He was injured a lot during filming because he was doing his own stunts and stuff. I think they shot a scene where he sort of had the knife to, to Arnold's throat. And afterwards, Arnold's like, don't let that guy around me with a real knife again. <laughs> like he was legit like, I don't like this. But afterwards, I think he recognized that Wells was like actually a super friendly guy. Right. And like they're all buddy buddy now or whatever. I should also clarify, Arnold didn't do all of his own stunts as is evidence from watching this movie. <laughs> There's um, some very did, obvious non-Arnold right. stuntmen. He did a lot of them though because it's hard to find a guy that looks like Arnold to fill in for Arnold. So yeah, um, back to the movie Arius. What movie? No, oh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I was distracted by the mustache and the chain mail. <laughs> so Arius asks matrix if he remembers him and matrix says yes. scumbag. <laughs> he <laughs> recognizes him as like a former deposed dictator from the nation of Val Verde. Yeah. Apparently he was super, super ruthless, but um, Matrix says that more than him, he remembers all the people that he had killed. Yeah. So we get the we get the idea that that uh, Arius was not a good guy. So Arius lays out his scheme, which is I'm going to have you, John Matrix, go back to Valverde and kill the president so that I can return to power there. But 
this Valverde like is a is a fictional country. Right. It crops up in a lot of these eighties action movies. Right. Like it was the country that the the general was from in Die Hard Two. It's supposedly also where Predator is set there right. in, the, in the nation of Valverde. It's like stand in for you know uh, somewhere in South America. Yeah, like Grenada or one of these places where they're or in Spain. Yeah, communists clashing with guerrillas, clashing with CIA. <laughs> Uh, you know, installed There's leaders. There's a lot of regime change conflict happening in these yeah. places, and that's sort of what's going on in Valverde. Matrix is kind of curious. Why don't you have Bennett do it? It seems like something he'd get off on. <laughs> Arias says that, um, and this is great, President Velasquez, yeah. yikes, yikes, probably should be pronounced Velasquez by a Spanish yeah. speaker, but yeah. yikes. Um, <laughs> uh, President Velasquez, who took... Arius's place trusts Matrix, who was the hero of the revolution. So Matrix would be able to get close enough to kill him, to pull everything off. And that ben, Bennett couldn't do it because he's a fucking, like, murdering bastard. Murderous, loose cannon, yeah. Yeah, he developed a reputation for just killing people. Matrix said, you know, that Bennett enjoyed killing a little too much. But this was interesting that Bennett says, Bennett says that that was Matrix. Bennett says that that was... Matrix's fault that his training made him the killer that he is. Yeah. So interesting. That's that's convenient. I can't be held responsible. You did this to me. <laughs> so, still, Matrix refuses right. uh, Arius's demands, and that's when uh, they go out and what? Uh, Bennett goes to the door, swings it open, and Cook wheels Jenny in like she's bound to a wheelchair. Right. Arius says, "If you do this job, you'll get your daughter back." If you don't do this job, we'll mail her to you in pieces. Yeah, there's a foreign policy lesson to be learned here about nation-building wars and regime change. We, should, we shouldn't do it. There was a look on Bennett's face, this another Bennett smirk, that, like, bordered on flirting. Like, it was yes. a seductive grin. I have, I have, I have a very strong theory that, that <laughs> Bennett is, if he's not obsessively in love, like, to the point of, like, mm -hmm. like wanting to kill it like could be that, like, like stalkerish fatal, like fatal attraction, like yeah. fatal attraction that he is like so into killing. But I think he's specifically obsessed with killing Matrix. But it it comes out as like like sexuality. It's very it central. Really does like it's, that's his that's his drive. It's very to just destroy Matrix. But that portrayal is awesome. You like it? Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he steals every scene. Right. He he really does. He really does. So back at Matrix's house, Kirby and and a platoon of soldiers are cl cleaning up the mess. Uh, they've got a they got a bunch of dead bodies lined up in body bags or whatever. That's right. And then, uh, what well, one of the nameless soldiers is asking, like, you think there's going to be more bodies? And Kirby says, if Matrix is alive, there's going to be a lot more foreshadowing. And yeah, this movie's deep like that. <laughs> <laughs> Plot devices aplenty. That's such a Troutman Rambo line, though. Oh, it totally when he's is. like, if you send a bunch of guys up there to bring him back, don't forget a good supply of body bags. Like, it's that type of Do line. You, yeah, that, that Troutman soliloquy in First Blood where he's talking about, like, what a badass John Rambo is. That was amazing. Yeah. This is nothing like that. No, it's not. <laughs> this doesn't have the gravitas. Right. That. Well, that movie made you wait for 30 minutes or so until the That's action true. starts. That's like they true. established characters. This movie, we I mentioned in the last episode that it's like muscle porn. Yeah. And not not unlike porn. <laughs> this is a movie that sort of starts off with just a, a burst of action. Yeah. Because you can get away with that. Like 
you know, let's get an action sequence in before we actually have to have a plot. <laughs> and I feel like that's also how every porn opens. Hmm. Be right, be right back. No, just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, the the bad guys have taken Matrix to the airport. Um, yeah, it's, it's Bennett, Sully, and Enriquez. <laughs> They've put Matrix in a blazer. Well, you have to look presentable when you go to the airport. <laughs> I'm got, on board with that. I, he's got like a ripped up, sort of shredded, like t-shirt type thing on underneath. He's, and a, wearing, and like, a he's wearing like a green long sleeve Henley. Yeah, but it was like it was what he had run ridden down the mountainside in. Like he had, you know, it was a little raggedy. Yeah. It's just weird. I thought it's odd that you would even be able to find a blazer to fit. Yeah, where whose blazer Matrix, is that? Because he is a unique size. He is, for sure. So Bennett says that Sully will make sure that Matrix gets on the plane, and Enriquez is going to stay with him mm-hmm. during the trip to make sure that he gets off in Valverde, to make sure that he goes and kills President Velasquez. <laughs> this is another one of those stories that only works in a pre-cell phone world. Right. You know, like w- once you're on an airplane, you're out of contact with the rest of the world until that plane lands. Do you miss cell phones in this movie? I don't even realize that they're not there. I think you and I grew up in a in a in our childhood. It was a pre cell phone world. Right. I think younger generation who has never known anything without cell phones is like this is weird. They'd watch this and be blown away. It'd be I noticeable. think so. I think so. Uh, so <laughs> write in and let us know. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram and let us know if that's. An actual thing. Oh, you I'm also going to ask my my nieces in like junior <laughs> high. Is this true? Is this true? I love the size discrepancy between Enriquez and Sully. Like Enriquez makes Schwarzenegger look small, right? And Sully is probably five seven, five six. Like he's a he's, little he's, small, he's a, skinny he's diminutive. guy. Yeah, um, dude, Enriquez looks the opposite of inconspicuous. Yeah, he looks he looks he's, it's like a white he's suit very with a Hawaiian print shirt and like and a like a jungle hunter hat. Or a, something. What do you call those hat? The pith, uh, the pith helmet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, this dude could not stand out more. And he's probably six five well, it is, 300 pounds. It is fucking California, as John McClane would That's say. That's true. I guess anything so, goes at LAX. So Bennett lets Matrix know that if Either of these two guys fail to check in, then they're going to kill Jenny. Mm-hmm. I love this, too, that Matrix then asks Bennett um, how much they offered him to pull all this off, how much yeah. he's getting paid. And Bennett says that they offered him a hundred grand, which at the time is only like that's uh, $240,000 yeah. about now. Would you... Do all kidnap, murder, regime change in a foreign country. Go against like yeah, he everything you've ever him. seen. I feel like Arius lowballed him on that price. All I can give you is two hundred and forty thousand dollars. <laughs> but Bennett didn't even want it. No, he was like, "I'll do it for free." I fucking he hate said, Matrix. Oh, he's so like, much. "I get my hands on Matrix. Yeah, I'll do it for free." It's a, God, all the exchanges between them yeah, it's are, great. Are, are marvelous. And so then you get this bit as, as they're taking Arnold into the airport. Oh, shit. Yeah, this little exchange this is, between uh, him and Bennett. Yeah, uh, we get the Arnold classic, I'll be back, Bennett. John, I'll be ready, John. <laughs> yeah. It is a good, I mean, it's a solid comeback. But this D'Souza, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew, you know, I'll be back is like the Arnold catchphrase do you think arnold insisted on it or was that the studio guys i think they're like no that's gonna be a thing that we use in every one of your movies because it is in like probably half of his pre you know pre 1995 um when one form or another do people love it how do we feel about it now catchphrase yeah i'll be back it's so of course it's great in the nostalgia way but you can't 
I don't think you can get away with that anymore with right. modern audiences. But it's they they still from do it. One movie from one franchise to another one character to another. They work. What? Tell me one. Oh, I was still just thinking it? they still use I'll be back in all the Terminator movies. Yeah, but that's Terminator. Yeah, but still. Uh, you're right. <laughs> I'm just saying they still use it. Um, we, we get a, a a blast for the past here. You know how much I love scenes shot in airports in the 80s. Yeah. And that that uh, Matrix, Sully, and Enriquez just breeze through TSA. Yeah, this is like a that. pre, it's like a pre 9-11 world. It is. Just I walk mean, right through. I guess none of those, none of the three of them were carrying a gun, but... They walked through. There was no having to show identification, no having to show a boarding pass. Like, always, and they did not look like guys who weren't up to no good. Right. <laughs> they looked like they were on some sort of shady business. So on the way to the gate, Sully's trying to make like small talk with Matrix. Ugh, says that yeah. he and Enriquez were in the service also. There's nothing like a war buddies. <laughs> um, Sully tells Matrix... To take your time, he like gives him some money, and he's like, "Here, have a few beers in Valverde. You're gonna take your time. It'll give us all a little more time with your daughter." Uh, rat that, bastard. That's gross as it's hell. Foul. How old? We don't know how old Jenny is. I don't think they said, but how old do you think she is? Like 12, 12, 13? 12 13, Yeah. Yeah. Max. It's horrifying. So it also is, gives you a, like insight as to like the kind of people that they're dealing. More insight as to the kind of people Matrix is dealing with. But Sully especially is just. He, the more we get to know Sully, the less we are going to like we him. Hate him. Um, so what is, what was Matrix's reaction to that? Like innuendo about the daughter. Just, it, you get this real steely, quiet, intense. You're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Yeah. You believe him when he I says do. that. I was like, and Sully believes him and Enriquez believes him. Cause Enriquez is like, all right, yeah, Enriquez move. grips him yeah. tight and he's, he's like, like, come on, let's go. Yeah. He's like, Whatever. we gotta go. Uh, yeah, that was a stone cold killer line. Totally. So Sully won't be long for the world, probably <laughs> yeah. as a result of that exchange. So Sully, he's doing his duty, which is like watching as the guys board the plane. Right. And I noticed on this rewatch that as Enriquez is, you know, sort of walking Matrix up the stairs. Right. Onto they do the that plane. old school boarding where you walk across the tarmac and then up the stairs. Right. You sort of see Matrix sizing up like he's looking down at the ground around the bottom yeah. of the plane, which I'd never noticed before. And I was like, I never Smart. noticed until you pointed it out. But he's checking yeah. out that landing gear. Right. And then, and then as right as he's about to get on, he looks up and gives Sully this absolutely withering look. He's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's oh, from the right down. before he walks through the door. Yeah. 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 yeah I know the it's, one you mean. It's awesome. Rad. Um, so they get on the plane. They had their tickets checked by a lovely young flight attendant who's played by Chelsea Field, who viewers and listeners of the podcast uh, may recognize as Tila from Masters of the Universe. Nice. She had it going on. But yeah, she is lovely, lovely flight attendant. Of I course. also love that Arius spared no expense and they're sitting in first class on the way to Melbourne. put them in first class. <laughs> it's That's awesome. Sweet. So um, after being seated um, and calling Enrique's carry-on luggage. Yeah. What did they say? Do you have any carry-on? Just him. Just him. Yeah. So he sort of gets threatened. Enrique's is like, if you say anything else, I'm going to nail your mouth shut. Um, (laughs) And then Matrix asks a flight attendant for a blanket. I love that. Could you even ask for for a blanket and a pillow on a flight today? Or would they want an hour flight on an international flight? Uh, yeah. Usually you have it. They provide anyway. that stuff yeah. for you. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I just, yeah, it's, it's very cute. It's, it's like, <laughs> may I have a blanket on a pillow, please? Yeah. I like, I, I must have my nappy times. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then as the attendant starts making pre-flight announcements, 
Matrix just absolutely knocks the shit out of Enriquez with his elbow. Yeah. Just he elbows sh- him in the face, like breaking his face, basically. Yeah, totally. Then he sort of locks him in a headlock and, and snaps his neck. Now, you said you would have, like, that people should have noticed this, right? That, that was a commotion, even though he kind of did it quietly. Right. I mean, it's like two dudes probably combined weight over 500 pounds. Look, if I'm in first class, <laughs> then I am, I am like three drinks in. Okay. And like the people in front of him are probably yes. drunk and asleep. There was a couple so. people in front of him. The, the woman in front of him looked like stoned. Like, yeah, like she was on whatever. She's out of it. Yeah. And the dude seemed like he was deep in, in reading a novel. He's on his, <laughs> on his way to a very important business meeting in Valverde. <laughs> but even as the airplane door is closing, like Matrix has that kind of panic. Like he's looking around like, how am I going to? He's like, right. Yeah. He, he panics when the door locks or whatever, but he'll figure something out. I right. think. So he props Enriquez or his corpse anyway, <laughs> up against the window and covers him up with a blanket, covers his face up with his hat. Yeah. And I love this bit where he grabs Tila and tells, <laughs> ask her how long the flight is. Exactly. 11 hours on the dot. <laughs> not more, not one second less. Mm-hmm. And, oh. then, and then we have another kiss off. Line. Another wonderful, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger you, you special. Do this one. You take this one. Do me a favor. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> oh, God, D'Souza, you genius. But the way Arnold just, he does these lines with like a stone face. Like he hasn't quite learned how to make his face move yet. But, but it works. Yeah. It, it, though, it's He's just, a machine. It, He's like, is almost. Yeah, for all, I, for all his protestations that he, I'm so glad I'm not playing a robot. He's playing I know, a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as that. Ebert review you referenced in the last episode went on to say he's he's doing basically his Terminator shtick. Yeah. As a human. Yeah. Yeah. It, and you can sort of see it because he is just like uh, monotone. Right. Just delivering the lines, reading them off a page. Basically. The range is limited, but his delivery is it's still effective. Weirdly, I encourage you all I to mean, go to go and read that site's yeah. review on RogerEbert.com. It's from like 2015. The lines are cheesy as hell, but like they. He makes them work somehow. This is probably in Arnold's career, like the first inkling that he can sort of get away with some things that other yeah. action actors can't get away other with. Other people could not pull yeah. this off. So he fakes air sickness to make his way to the rear of the plane and to the elevator that goes down to the belly yeah. of the plane. Dude, when he passed by the flight attendant and she's like, you know, you can't be out of your seat during takeoff. And he grabs his tummy and he's like, I'm air sick. <laughs> like, dude, that... He's so deadpan that it makes it funny. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. The only way it could have been better is he'd been like, I'm gassy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he ends up in a cargo hold where he finds a vicious Doberman. Yeah, there's a, he way. pulls the door back and there's a dog yeah. barking in his face. Um, And then we love this bit where he absolutely rips apart this barrier that looks like it had a zipper. It on had it. a zipper door, it seemed like. And he just rams his hands. Why? Why open a door when you can just destroy it? Kevin, every second counts, I guess. <laughs> uh, he accesses the landing gear, climbs down onto it. I feel like finally, like, and Sully has finally, I think he's confident yeah. that he's gone. He'll be, I've seen enough to know that he's on the plane right. and he's on his way to Valverde. There's no way he's going to get off a moving plane. You yeah, guys, he starts to on. walk away. As the plane speeds down the runway, he's confident to walk right. away. The plane lifts off. As Matrix is clinging to the landing gear, uh-huh. the plane's going, what, 200, 300 miles a an hour? Plane, a plane, like a 747 or whatever that is, to yeah. get up. Yeah, it's got to be probably 300 miles an hour to get off the ground. Um, Matrix 
undoubtedly knew the area around the airport being from L.A. So he knew that there were going to be some wetlands close by, <laughs> yes. I guess. So he, he you had know, to have known. He's like, Southern California is well known for its wetlands. I've got a shot, he, he said. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. He should have gone to the rear of the plane because those right. wheels would have been lower, closer to the ground yeah. as it clears the runway. But, man, this plane is Hundreds of feet off the ground. And the fall, when when the double or whoever lets go. I think that was that, just a dummy. It must have been yeah, it must have been a dummy. So when when the they let the dummy go and the I mean the fall seems like it's from pretty high up. It was two to three hundred feet, guaranteed. So you got a two hundred and fifty pound man plummeting two to three hundred feet. Well yeah, and, and he's going three hundred miles an hour. He's like being shot it would be like being shot out of a cannon. And the water where he lands is only a few feet deep. Yeah, there's just there's no world in which this doesn't kill any human being or shatter their body. Yeah, completely. He just pops up like immediately. They don't they don't give you enough time to think about how ridiculous it is, I think, is the tactic of the filmmakers. It is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to be like, all right, well, Like, well, if he gets up and he's like, ow, my leg hurts. Then it's like your then leg should thing, be If he destroyed. pops up like nothing's the matter, then then we're on to the next scene. It's as my my buddy Andrew says, "Shut up and enjoy the Die Hard." <laughs> Just you yeah. gotta buy into it. So he grabs his his watch and he sets a timer for eleven hours. Um, he's running across the tarmac back towards the terminal. That's right. He's, there's, he's no skulls. one sees him, and there's no type of security. He does some parkour over a gate. <laughs> he does, <laughs> and uh, we we see Sully calling in to Arius. Yeah, uh, that Matrix is airborne. Yeah, like He's the package is on the way or whatever it is like that. I think whoever's on the phone tells Sully, like, go now make the drop or make a transaction or something right. like this. We don't know what that's all about, but we're yeah. uh, we're going to find out. And then this is our first glimpse of Radon Chong as Cindy yeah. right, right next to she's Sully on the she's phone. She's at the next payphone over. Right. Do you remember the world of payphones? I do. Yeah, this is another this is another uh, like Blast, blast from, the, from past. the past for this. Yeah. It's like seeing people on payphones. I remember, yeah, in college even, when you and yeah. I first knew each other. There'd before, be big banks before, of payphones. Before I had a cell phone, like I'd be on the on the road with Georgia State Jazz Band and we'd be going to do like a, a show somewhere at some college and we'd pull over at a gas station and yeah. I, I, I was like, I need to call my mom. I remember working at um, my first job. I was working at Publix at a grocery store and I'd get a page from my high yep. school girlfriend. And then, you know, I'd want to send her from a page. I want to send her a page back on her beeper and go to the payphone and feed it the thing and, and send a little message. Do you yeah. remember that I had a beeper? The first no. the first two years that we knew each other. Did the first you? year that we knew each other. Yeah. I yeah. think I moved on to cell phones by the time I met you. Yeah, I had a I had a beeper and then I was supposed to call my parents back on the, our dorm phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but so Meanwhile, back in Commando Land. That's right. Um, so, so we've gone. We've seen Sully talking on the phone next to Radon Chong. We don't know who she is yet. We cut to Arius and Bennett who are getting ready to leave on a boat with yeah. Jenny. We don't really know where they're going, right. but they're taking and, Jenny somewhere. Right. And Arius tells her that her father's cooperating and that they'll be together soon. And won't that be nice? She says not nearly as nice as watching him smash your face in. She, she got that punky Brewster spunkiness <laughs> going on. I mean, she is her father's daughter. Absolutely. Like, she's not taking any no. shit from anyone. No. Uh, meanwhile, back at the airport, Matrix spots Sully at the bank of uh, payphones. Uh-huh. And 
it's at this point that Sully notices Cindy on the phone who notices him noticing her. And she seems like pretty fucking creeped out by it. She is not into it. No. Like he's, he's, she's in the middle of a conversation with a guy. And he's saying like, Oh, it sounds like he's standing you up or a girl or yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't know. Yeah, that's right. Dude, you don't know. That's right. But yeah, he's, um, he's like, Oh, sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you need a date and all this, like just, Awful, awful lines. And she's not not having it. She's not into the misogyny. Yeah, his game is like creepy as hell. Yeah, his his game is predatory from yeah. the onset. <laughs> Absolutely. She's like, she blows him off, and then she's going to her car to leave. Yeah, and so he it, follows her into the parking deck. What could be creepier? And then Matrix is following him, following her. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. in the parking deck, Sully sort of starts to harass her, not like straight up, just harass her. It's 10 times more threatening in that parking deck. I feel like than in the terminal, you well, know, just think like, when would it ever be in what universe? Every great relationship really starts out with one stranger saying to the other, I've got something I'd like to show you. You don't know what you're missing. Oh. She had a nice comeback to that one. She's like, from here, it looks like a nightmare. Like, yeah. please leave me alone. And then you get the textbook exhibition of toxic masculinity ladies and gentlemen when he calls her a fucking whore yeah yo you don't you don't want to date me then you're a slut yeah calling a woman who has declined your sexual advances a whore i is insanity (laughs) i am i am bothered by it i'm glad you said it because i didn't want to say it but yes this as disgusting of behavior as you can do just about kids. Don't be like Sully. Don't be like Sully. Be like, come on, be like Matrix. Be like Matrix, you guys. <laughs> um, well, well, we shouldn't say that. <laughs> actually, she. So Sully walks off. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> much to Cindy's like relief. I'm. I. I was traumatized for her. Yeah, in absolutely. That moment. It's like that scene. Like he couldn't have been more threatening. Absolutely. Um, it's terrifying. And then Matrix grabs her. <laughs> so I was like, don't be like Matrix. Um, be like, I don't know what. Yeah. Be like us. We're yeah. nice. A couple of sweetie pies. That's right. Um, yeah. So he immediately, he's like, he tells her not to move and then he's not going to hurt her. And I feel like that that's a classic formula for like Arnold movies is him grabbing a woman by surprise and telling them he's not going to hurt them. <laughs> yeah. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah. Um, he tells her to get in the car. Then he proceeds to rip one of the seats out of her, her car with his bare hands. Another feat of strength. It's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, unbelievable. I don't even know why he did it. It yeah. makes him sit a little lower in the car, but he's still like... Marginally. He's it's, not still, even, it's not even big enough to make a difference. He's, she's got this little tiny, tiny red convertible, and his head is like basically poking up above the windshield. Yeah. Um, so he tells her to follow Sully, who's rocking that Porsche 911. Dude, he has a like a like a canary yellow Porsche 911. It's not right for an asshole like that to have that nice a car. Oh my gosh, I was in love with Sully's car. Yeah. Incidentally, the car that Cindy drives is a British-made Sunbeam Alpine. Okay. It was a cool little sports I, car. I love it. It sort of looks like an MG. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a like a super compact little thing. Yeah. Um, Cindy says to Matrix, she's like, I can't help you. I've got a, a point. I got like a advanced karate, advanced karate class I've got to get to. That's he's a like, great line. He's like, you're not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and so immediately their relationship is sort of set up. Well, she is that, that comedy. So. This isn't like the moment for her to necessarily be making jokes. I don't think she meant it as a joke, but right. but Radon Chong is funny. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a comedian's timing. Um, and this movie needs it, folks. <laughs> they start to 
to drive off. And, yep. and Cindy is asking nervously, like, are you going to kill me? And he says, no. And she's like, well, I guess you wouldn't tell me if you were. And he's like, sure, I would. <laughs> she's like, really? He turns to her and with that ominous like delivery, he's like, trust me. <laughs> Absolutely. Come with uh, me if you want to live. Then <laughs> he's trying to tell her a little bit of like what's going on. He says, like, I got to I got to find I got to track this guy down. A guy I've known for years wants me dead. And she <laughs> this says, bit is great. She's like. Well, she's like, I've only known you for a few minutes. And I want you dead too. <laughs> the, the duo, the comedy duo, at that point is established. It's uh, yeah, she's pretty sassy. Like, she's awesome. To be talking that, That's awesome. talking that sass at him. So I can only assume that this moment, if it had been shot or if it had made the final film, would have happened while they're riding in the car together. But Radon Chong tells this casting story about the scene that she read when they were doing casting for the film. And she says that, you know, the script actually called for a white woman and her being like a mixed ethnicity. She thought like, I've only got one chance. I've got to give them something, you know, right. unique or whatever with totally. my audition. So the scene was that they're riding along and matrix is going through her handbag and he pulls out like a dildo what? <laughs> and, and, um, that's not okay. Matrix. And the, the scripted reaction from Cindy is supposed to be like, Oh, it gets lonely on the road. And she's like, that's lame. So her reaction yeah, when she was reading some with man wrote that, yeah, her reaction when she was reading with Arnold was he, you know, he pulls out the dildo and she's like, that's not mine. <laughs> and oh, that's, it got way better. that's way better. I think, yeah, it's like a, a, a brilliant, you know, a comedian's touch. Absolutely. Right? It's just lovely. Well, her dad um, was Tommy Chong. So I can also see why that did not make the final cut. It, it would have the, the whole bit with the dildo. Yeah. If it was to be dropped in right now, there's not just moments for sh of she for sheer comedy. Right. In a movie like this right. where you're racing against the clock. But I feel like that. I don't know. I guess maybe it would be out of place. Yeah. But then again, it's her cracking the joke, not him. Exactly. Any, at any rate. So there's a lot of car chasing going on. A lot yeah. of lights run and near misses. And finally, uh, Cindy and Matrix follow Sully into the Sherman Oaks Galleria Mall. It's a very famous like movie location mall. Yeah. They filmed um, the mall stuff in Terminator 2. Yep. Was that that mall? Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which Love huge it. portions of that movie are in the mall. And that's the one I really recognized. And then a movie I saw recently, horrible, horrible horror movie called Chopping Mall. Not shopping, but chopping with a C. Yeah, yeah. And it was like these robot security, like security robots patrolling a mall and killing a bunch of teens. Boo. It was that sounds terrible. awesomely bad movie. Oh. I would highly recommend. Oh, if you recommend put it, it on at bedtime. No, put it on at bedtime or when you want to just goof <laughs> off and laugh at something. But um, yeah, that's the mall where they filmed this. Awesome. It's well known for its famous, yeah. famous Sherman Oaks. So uh, Sully Park's. Followed closely by Cindy and Matrix. Uh, they see him enter. They follow him in. Um, Matrix sort of like drags her along. And says he'll, he's almost done with her. <laughs> uh -huh. um, yeah, it's like, it's just, it's menacing. Yeah. Uh, once inside, they follow Sully to an upper level via an escalator. Mm -hmm. Sully took the elevator. And Matrix explains, and this is like, just, he explains, he's now sort he of like starting to like lay it out. Exactly like, what's going my on. My daughter's been kidnapped and this clown is the only hope I have of finding her. She's going to, she's going to get killed. Right. So he says, please, 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 Cindy, go into the bar 
that we saw him walk into right. and lure him out here to me and I'll do the rest. Yeah. And Renew on your earlier spurns on his advances. Yeah, go in there, tell him you're crazy about him. I you thought wanted, it over. <laughs> yeah, I, I chased you down. You know, you, you were so charming in the parking garage. It gets lonely on the road. It does. <laughs> um, so she agrees to help. Yeah, reluctantly, but she does. Um, and then she follows him in the bar. He checks his watch at this moment. Right. And he's got nine hours and 40 minutes left. That's right. And I love this. The, the watch, you know, you hear that beep, beep, beep <laughs> as it's counting down. But you only hear that when it's on a close-up of the watch. That would drive the movie. me insane if it actually made that sound. Yeah. I'd cut it, my hand off. It only beeps in a close-up, though. It doesn't beep when he's just walking around sneaking up uh, on bad guys. Rough. So, yeah. So, Cindy follows Sully into the bar. Um, side note, during this, we've we've noticed Sully shamelessly checking out like every woman that walks by. Yeah, he's, he's the worst. He's the worst. Um, so inside the bar, Cindy immediately there's a security guard walks there. up to a mall cop and rats Matrix I think, out. I think it was a thing of she saw him there and she's like, oh, my gosh, here's my opportunity to yeah. get out of this. I don't think that she went in there with the no, yeah. designs of betraying Matrix. There's a but, good opportunity. And she says, you know, this guy's kidnapped me. He's crazy. He's a paranoid maniac. You're my only hope. There's a pregnant pause. <laughs> and then the and then the mall cops like, I'll check it out. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit, dude. That's your job, right? I'll think about it. No, there was a long pause. Like, like he was mm, thinking about telling her to beat it. Um, meanwhile, yeah. uh, a short distance over, Sully is completing some kind of transaction with a shady character in a Panama hat. <laughs> he's not from around here, I guess. He's like slide. Yeah, he's like appears to be looking at what looks like maybe passports. Yeah, and the, stuff. And he ha- he hands over an like. A bunch of passports in exchange for a red briefcase, which probably has money, money, drugs, whatever. Um, Also, side note, I'm a huge fan of Sully's style. You liked his fashion. That suit and tie is badass. That's where your your admiration for him stops, though. Right. Okay. Well, it was a very 80s chic look. Yeah, it was like it's it's very, very stylish. Yeah. Um, So outside the bar, mall cop spots matrix who for all his special forces training <laughs> cannot fucking hide behind that thing I mean, to save his life. If you're what Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's already hard to blend in. Right. But he's like poking his head out from behind a, a whatever is very conspicuous. Um, and then you love this moment. He he radios for some backup. He's like, this guy's huge. All right, let me call for backup. And this other small cop is down there chatting up a couple of girls. And he's like. <laughs> He gets the call. He turns to the girls. He's like, you want to see me kick some ass? <laughs> and he's he's chewing the scene. He's making the most of his two lines. He is. He is. In the movie. Yeah. Uh, his face is awesome. He's got that like uh, that uh, Ellis shit eating grin to Hans and Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he alerts the other mall cops. He calls for more backup. because right. He's like, you know, this guy's what, green shirt. He's six foot two. Yeah. Um, He's one gigantic motherfucker. Savoring every syllable. He's making his screen time count. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, so Sully spots Cindy across the bar as he's talking about the fact that that bar or oh, maybe the mall. I, I jotted the quote down. Uh, he says, this used to be a great place for hunting slash. Oh, my God. The worst. He is the worst. The literal worst. Kids, don't say slash. P- friends, unless you're friends. talking about Guns and Roses. Yeah, unless you're talking about <laughs> unless you're talking about Guns and Roses or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> villain. Don't no, say sh- slash. Is there a slash? There's a slash. Villain? Okay, yeah. not Shredder. He's like a, another mutant turtle. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't know about slash. slash. Yeah, 
All right. Yeah. Trust me on my TMNT. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, he, yeah. yeah, he spots Cindy and he's like, oh, wait, I might Speaking see. Of slash. I might, I, he's like, I might, hold on, I see something over here. I might, uh, he's like, let me go check this out. Uh, and so then, yeah. Matrix, Matrix looks over and sees Cindy. Like, Where's Cindy? She's in the doorway she's watching. She's in the doorway, just cowering. But she's sort watching, of she she's watching Matrix. Guilty. Yeah, she's looking at him She and look at this guilty look on her face. Yeah. And so you kind of, I get this look on Matrix's face. I read it as, he knows that, that she ratted. Yeah, that she Aww. ratted. And then he sees the advancement of mall cops. There's like four guards been, closing in on him. And he knows he's been sold up the river. I think they ask him, you know, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm just waiting on my friend. And at the same time, Sully accosts Cindy in yeah. the doorway of the bar. All hell, Kevin, is about to break loose. Do you want to talk about it right now? No, let's wait. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. We're going to we'll come back. Press pause on this for right now and you guys can wonder what the fuck happened if you want to know what it's like for uh john matrix to tear a shopping mall apart like with his bare hands (laughs) you're gonna want to come back next week and check this out do not miss it all right we'll be back 